the best gift ever. There is a delightful animated movie, made of course by Disney, called Tangled, created after the fairy tale about the young princess trapped in a tower. When she finally becomes brave enough to escape and experiences for the first time grass under her feet and an exhilarating ride on a tree swing, she shouts, best day ever. Disney must like this phrase, for they repeat it in their animated movie, The Incredibles, when little Dash shouts, best vacation ever. I love my family. After he and his family use their superpowers to thwart the enemy. It was these exuberant voices that struck a chord with me as I thought about this Christmas. Even in spite of COVID or to spite the restrictions the virus has placed on us, we all anticipate the gifts given and received this season. I, for one, remember some of my childhood Christmases and the gifts my parents wrapped under the tree for me, but none compared to the first Christmases with my husband and the special joy the gift of his love brought me. But truly, the best gift ever is the one our Heavenly Father gave us in delivering his Son into the world that long ago day. Jesus truly is the best gift ever. Today, I want us to consider what this gift has brought to us in the world. For unlike the clothes we receive that wear out or the electronics we get that break down, and just ask my daughter Sarah who bought a self a smartphone and in no time found the screen irreparably scratched. The gift of Jesus, on the other hand, is a daily forever present from the God of the universe. Let's see all that this gift has brought us. We can start with the prophecies of Isaiah who declared that a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. This word is often recited at this time to remind us that centuries before his birth, God delivered the word that his son was coming. But more than that, he also prepared us for what his son would do. To start with, he would be our wonderful counselor. How many times this year alone have we depended on the counsel of Jesus to see us through? When the fearful reports would have swamped us, when the isolation would have crippled us, when the financial constraints would have overwhelmed us, the counsel of Jesus showed us a better way, a surer path, a brighter hope, and we have made it through the valley of the shadow of death. He is also our mighty God. What does that mean for us? Well, Psalm 50 states, the Lord, the mighty one, is God, and he has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Moses declares that he is the God of gods, the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. 
stating he has done great and mighty deeds and mighty miracles. The people of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh assert that the Lord, the Mighty One, is God. He knows the truth. And when King Jehoshaphat faces a fearsome army bent on war, Jehoshaphat maintains that God is the one who is in heaven, that he is the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth, he who is powerful and mighty and no one can stand against him. The Levite leaders, after their return from captivity, avow the great and mighty and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love. And they pray, do not let all the hardships we've suffered seem insignificant to you. And we know, of course, he hasn't. Even Job, in all his suffering, maintains, for God is so wise and so mighty. And Elihu, Job's only friend, God doesn't reprimand, testifies, God is mighty. But he does not despise anyone. He is mighty in both power and understanding. And that is the mighty God Jesus is to us. He is also the everlasting Father confirming that he is equal and part of the Godhead, three in one. And he welcomes us to call him that because as he says in Romans eight fifteen, we have not re- received a spirit that makes us fearful slaves, but God's spirit when he adopted us as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. And Paul writes in Galatians, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Jesus, too, called out to his father in such a way when in the Garden of Gethsemane. And thus we're invited to call Jesus everlasting Father and not live in fear of our past, our present, or future, for he is always with us. Finally, Jesus is our Prince of Peace, a prophecy exemplified by Micah who foretells of our Savior's birth in Bethlehem. He writes, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. He will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed for he will be highly honored around the world and he will be the source of peace. Zechariah, the priest and father of John the Baptist, shares a similar prophecy of Jesus as one who will give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. And the apostle Paul states emphatically that Jesus is our peace when he writes to the Ephesians and that he came and preached peace to us who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And should we still doubt, Jesus himself states, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, <laughs> wow, you will have many trials and troubles. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Isn't that great news for today, when we're facing all that we're facing now? 
And the angel who brings the good news to the shepherds calls Jesus the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. King David calls God his Savior in 2 Samuel 22, 3, when he sings, My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my Savior, the one who saves me from violence. And in numerous other Old Testament passages, God is called Savior. Thus, when the angel declares that the baby born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, is our Savior, born to us, he is asserting that Jesus shares this role of Almighty God. Zechariah affirms this as well in his prophecy. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited us and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David. The Samaritans recognize him as the savior of the world in John 4, and Peter expresses this to the high priests, saying of Jesus that God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior to bring people to repentance and forgiveness of their sins. And Paul confirms this when he writes to Timothy of the appearing of Christ Jesus our Savior, who broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And John writes from Patmos that we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus is also our Messiah, as it says in Matthew 1.16, Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. And King Herod asked his religious leaders, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And John the Baptist asked his followers to question Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? And Jesus replies, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cursed, the deaf are cured, sorry, not cursed, cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Mark opens his gospel account with this assertion. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And records of Jesus' meeting with Caiaphas when the high priest demanded, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus replied, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of God's power at his right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. A declaration's He's already made to the woman at the well. His disciples spread this good news at Pentecost in Acts 2 and repeatedly throughout their earthly ministry. The title Messiah means in Hebrew, anointed or chosen one, and in Greek is translated as Christ. The Messiah was anointed to spiritually deliver us and to set us free from sin. And later, when he comes again, he will deliver us forever from our enemies and establish his government of peace, which will never end as we go back to that prophecy of Isaiah. And when he is declared Lord, it means in reality he's Jehovah, the Lord of all creation. He is all in all. As we're told in Revelations 22, the Alpha and Omega, the first 
and the last, the beginning and the end. This is the great gift that we have received in Jesus Christ and celebrate this season. He truly is the best gift ever. God bless you all.